This is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you. Not even fucking sure what the hell that was, but we'll have something different next week. I promise you on that one. Um, yes, I understand. I wish we could have the bitches back. It's the one thing missing. Um, I as Boatman put in the the open chat, the private chat, that it's the opening scene from Blade. I agree more. That was terrifying. Um, but no, we're on Twitch. YLS is here. Uh, yes, we understand. We're working through it. I gave Coho this like three hours before and said, hey, I need new music. And Believe me. We'll probably have new clips and everything next week or the following week or in a couple weeks. He'll he'll work around it. He'll come up with something good. He, hey, he did it for long. Did he? he'll, he'll find something. But we're here for Oscars. Um, uh, <laughs> yep. Basically it. Um, can't, can't get DMCA on the very first, uh, stream on Twitch. Uh, so we're here for Oscars, 10, um, categories represented by one winner, best of all time. They can only pick one movie. So even if your favorite has like six nominees, you could give it, you can only give it one and then we'll have the definitive Oscars list tonight. Um, and what the correct Oscars pool is. Some some surprising picks on everybody's list, some not so surprising. So we'll get there. Bar, you're on the show. You're on Twitch. You've been there on Video Store. You're here on Multiplex. Um, are you going to talk as much as you talk on Video Store? Because if you do, Bowman has a bedtime. So wrap it up. Uh, but how are you feeling? Good. My Fair Lady is a shit movie. All right. And we're going to go to uh, Joseph Oliver. <laughs> We got Joseph on the panel. Um, he has he is one of our always in the chat, always telling people when they're wrong or correcting them or telling them when things. Now he gets to do it live on camera in two people's faces. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear him shit talk, Boatman, Barr, and Spence. Joseph, how are you feeling tonight? What Cody means is that it's his face and Spence's face because I don't like like certain opinions like when he spends so much time bashing uh, LA Confidential. But anyway, uh, this is going to be interesting because... This motherfucker, don't miss. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is going to be very different because I'm actually on screen, so... We'll see. I hope this doesn't go too bad. You did fire your first one. See if you live through the rest of them. Um, We got Boatman. Boatman, some people say you like the Oscars. Maybe some would say you like it a little too much. Do you have the correct list tonight? Uh, Who who says I like them too much? We're not here to discuss that. I asked you a question. Answer the question. Uh, That's fair. I I don't know if I'll win, but I think I'll do well. I don't think I have any awful picks, but maybe I do. I don't know. What is reality? Life is all a simulation. We're in the Matrix. That is fair. I can't wait to see everybody's reactions at 1098 when you can't say shit and then 
I guess we get to bring it up back up through seven through one because everything's fair game at that point. Uh, but uh, Spence, how you doing? Speaking of bad takes, I'm here. I honestly, like I, this is. I think I told Bar beforehand. Like I think this is the week where I have the best chance of winning. I could be wrong, but I think I think this is the week where it's like I think I have a legitimate chance of not being in last. Other than my tenable, we'll get to that when we get to that. I'm excited. Um, before we start, hi Drew. Uh, thank you for everybody showing up on uh, Twitch um, again for following. By the way, me and Tim will be doing the giveaway. I think each episode next week. I think Tim may do it on Logged It for two movies, and I will do it on Wireless for next week's movies. Um, Coho walked away, and this is a bad time. I'm just gonna. What is next week's topic? I need lists. I don't have lists. Is that remake? Think. It's villains. Uh, I need villains. Submit it. Like if you, even if you're on, like submit a list, please. I have Jack Pinchuk. Docker. I have Jack Pinchuk. So um, I need lists. Working Send on stuff. it. Um, thank you. And then we have crime comedies. Bowen will take over the show for that. And then uh, Bar will take over um, movies that have been remade but not remade enough. That's. If it's been remade one time, it's had its in chance. The United States, not outside the country, has a male actor and also has to have a female. Oh my know. god! There's a lot of fucking rules that Bar has. Stop bullying me. Just message him to make sure you are following all his rules, or you'll get it. I believe this is still hosted by Caleb Boatman. I'm not a. Uh, I who knows? I don't know. Coho said he was busy. Now he's not. I don't know what's going on. But you two can figure it out between each other. Make sure you send a list. Because I'm not, I'm off. I'm not doing shit. And if you have top 100s, start submitting those to Kirk now so he can. I'm not giving it back to Coho, even if he wants to host it. I, I will. Yikes! It. This is awkward. Okay. Um, I'm kidding. If you really want to. All right. Uh, <laughs> motherfucker, don't miss. Um, okay. So <laughs> we are going to give it to Bar for your 10, 9, 8. All right. Thank you. So, uh, my number 10 is best original score. That was for John Williams' Jaws. Uh, my number 9 was best original song, which is The Weary Kind from Crazy Heart. And my number 8 is best director, which was Mike Nichols for The Graduate. Okay. Oh, what a beautiful uh, man. Okay. <laughs> I know what Bowman's thinking right now. Um, so, score. Um, everyone knows Jaws. Everyone knows Jaws. It's a classic score that really does build the, the, the tension in the movie. Um, the best like score to ever win. Um, the Weary Kind from Crazy Heart. I think that this song is beautiful. It really captures this beautiful sense of like like tired like a tired, weary sense of ennui. Um, and just the build from the instrumentation and the production, it's so amazing. It just really captures the spirit. Uh, and then Mike Nichols for The Graduate. Um, I think that there's just so much smart decisions in this movie. Um, the, like the, the, the quick editing when, um, he turns around and sees Mrs. Robinson naked for the first time was such a smart decision in how to do that. The, um, the, the scuba diving moment where you're seeing it through the mask. Mike Nichols did such a great job directing this movie. It's one of the more impressive um, directions to win uh, the award. So that's my number eight. Okay. Um, 
So your 10 jaws. Uh, score. Uh, I think there is better scores out there that have won this award. I think if we're going iconic, I think you have a strong argument. I don't think it's really close at that point because uh, I think this one still <laughs> stands the test of time. Um I don't know what's happening. There's some, this chat is on fire right now. Um, okay, and uh, your next one is nine. I, <laughs> I just watched this movie, and I thought the song was okay. I wasn't in love with it. I think the I think the performance in this movie. I think he, even though he is playing the old dude. Um, I stand by it. I don't think Jeff Bridges has ever gotten out of the Big Lebowski since he's done that. He just does different variations of the dude, which is fine. I like that version. Um, but overall, I think his performance, I don't think the song is that great, especially what other songs have come. Um, and then eight, I'm just appalled. I am just absolutely insulted sitting here that no one else had Mike Nichols for The Graduate. Can we talk about perfect cinema? Let's go. This movie is absolutely incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I think what makes this movie stop clicking on the stuff, you're going to piss off Coho. Um, I, I think this movie doesn't work as as perfect as it does if it isn't his direction in it. I think the yes. stuff and the stuff he makes, I still, me and Paul are both agreement. When uh, when Mrs. Robinson is in that corner and that pan out shot is still uh, is how he directs everything. I think this is a fantastic piece. Um, okay, uh, strike one, boom. Yikes. Um, okay, so Joseph, uh, ten nine eight. Whew, here we go. Uh, my number ten is the best supporting actress category, and I picked Patty Duke for the Miracle Worker. My nine is best original song as well. I picked Into the West from Lord of the Rings Return of the King. And my number eight is the best adapted screenplay Oscar and I picked One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. So 10, Patty Took the Miracle Worker. Uh, I put this at low just because I haven't seen the, as many from winners from this category, but I think Patty Took is just phenomenal in this movie. I studied a couple of, uh, uh, I studied Helen Keller back in elementary school, and I think she just nails the type of mannerisms that I could see someone struggling with not only being blind, but deaf. The way that she just aimlessly goes through life and for example at the dinner scene where she's trying to feel the different foods to eat and also the scene where she trashes the dining room with Anne Bancroft's character Anne or Annie Sullivan is just incredible. The scenes where she's also uh, struggling with her and fighting with her but also throwing temper tantrums and just hitting the ground as like hard as she can it just kind of scares me that she's oh man I hope she doesn't hurt herself up. I think this is a very very worthy win. Uh, for nine, Return of the King. Uh, this is a very also personal pick because I love this trilogy a lot. Uh, I think this song is like a perfect combination of how the trilogy, how far the trilogy has gone with Frodo having finished his journey, but also not feeling at peace until he finally goes in on the ship into the Elven lands. And I think that this is just a really great song that has that type of feel of how it's done. This whole trilogy. Uh, is has finished, has reached its end, and it's just like a song that like signifies like Frodo is now at peace, and I always like to stay around to see 
all the credits and listen to this song along with it. I think it's a great song. And my eighth one for the cuckoo's nest, this is also another kind of uh, personal pick because I wanted to focus on something that I actually have read so I can compare it better with the movie in at hand. And I think this is a very great adaptation for what it's doing in catching like the type of helplessness at the and hopelessness at the asylum. And uh, quick spoilers for people who haven't read or seen the movie for some reason, I'm gonna talk about a, an important change that was done from the book to the movie that I think actually benefits it. Uh, there's a scene or a, a section of the book where uh, uh, Cheswick is actually learning about how the hopelessness works and then he drowns himself in the pool. That is left out of the movie, but I think that actually works to its benefit because then we go to the scene where, uh, and then the character of Billy Bibbit, then he commits suicide, but that makes the movie more shocking because of how sudden that happens and then the ending happens where Randall McMurphy dies and it's asphyxiated, but then Chief escapes and all that contrasting to that finale is what really holds it together. And I think it's a really great movie that holds up on rewatch. Okay. Uh, well, Real quickly, I have to recharge my last. You're good. Um, uh, so now I don't get to, I nah, like your strategy cam off. So I can't see your face when I yell. <laughs> um, uh, done, done. Okay. Uh, best supporting actress. I'm, I'm kind of with you on this one. There's stuff that, um, it's probably my least watched of most category of the categories. Um, I watched this today. Um, I, I think, I think she's absolutely incredible in this film. I also watched an interview after this movie with her, um, and she uh, basically said the role got her the Oscar. She just, you know, she just played it because it's that's what's going to win her. Um, but I think she's absolutely incredible. I think, I think in that time, she was the youngest at that point. She said, um, and she's like, they were just given stuff. But she's like, I know that Angela Lansbury was nominated against her in Manchurian Candidate. I haven't seen that one. I've heard she's also phenomenal, but. I can't disagree. Um, after this movie, I think she's I think she's absolutely incredible on in this. Uh, number nine, uh, Lord of the Rings. The people that are coming out of the woodworks to say they love the Lord of the Rings is the most confusing thing in the world to me. Like Ethan Beller, and now Joseph really likes it. Like I, you're allowed to like it, but where the hell has everybody been? I don't know. Um, the same people have always seemed to like it, but not then now. There's new people. I like the song enough. Um, it's not one of my favorite parts of that movie. Um, I. I I like what it means to the story, but with you, when you compare all songs, it's a little rough. But it's at nine, you get a pass. Um, and your eight is adapted screenplay of uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. This is one of those movies that people like love, love, and I respect it a lot more than I love it overall. Um, I because th I think Nicholson's performance is absolutely incredible in this film, and I love the stuff that they make. Like uh, Nurse Ratchet is one of the most evil people and history of film um, and they're back and how they play off each other and how the ending works. And again, I haven't read the book, but um, how you kind of described it, and it makes sense why it won the Oscar. Um, basically how this show is going to run tonight, just to let everybody know is I'm not going to compare it to like every year. Normally I'm going to basically pin you all against each other and like do it that way. So, because there's a lot that I could say, Oh, well that's wrong. So we'll just play it like that. 
Um, so great start, Joseph, for your first time on the show. Um, and you remember to have your charger for your laptop, so you're better than Boatman in Colorado. Boatman, um, uh, 1098. All right. Uh, my number 10 is Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head from uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid for Best Original Song. My nine is Best Director for Joel and Ethan Cohen, No Country for Old Men. And my eight is Best Original Score for The Lion King. Yikes. Yikes. You hear that? It's pandering. Um, go ahead. I... That's textbook pandering. What is a bark in it? Come on. Because <laughs> I didn't pander. You did a little bit. Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Raindrops, I think this song just fits this movie so well uh, in the way that it doesn't. Because it, much like the characters of Butch and Sundance are meant to feel anachronistic, this song also feels anachronistic and, like, reflects the, the modern sensibilities of the film, which I think is, like, one of the best things about the film. And this song is just also great on its own. Uh, like as it's used in later movies like Spider-Man 2, uh, I, I think the song itself is just great. Uh, my nine uh, being uh, best director for Joel and Ethan Cohen. Uh, yeah, this is, as directors, this is probably uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen's best work. Uh, I don't know if this is my favorite Cohen Brothers movie, but just as pure directors, the way they are able to build so much tension in this is just perfect. I think this is like the best directing job to have won the Oscar because just look at that coin and toss scene. Look at the precision at which who you're looking at and what you're looking at and when. And or the scene with uh, Sugar and Woody Harrelson's character. There's just so much that is just so perfect about this movie from a direction standpoint. Uh, I think best uh, directors win. And it is a yikes. Okay. Uh, so your 10 raindrops keep falling on my head. Um, Holson said the biggest problem is the song appears like it feels like out of place in it. I disagree with it. I actually like where they put the song in the movie. Um, I really like the song. I really like the choices in it. It's it's some, it's it's one of the weirdest ones because when you think of the song and like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid had raindrops keep falling in my head when that was one of the original songs. I just love the song. I think it works in the movie. Um, I think that's a good choice. Um, number nine. Okay. Um, I, I'm i not the biggest fan of No Country for Old Men. I've, I've said it before. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Uh, it's kind of like uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo Nest. I respect the hell out of the movie because I think it's done well. It's just never going to be one of those movies that I absolutely love. I don't – comp compared to Mike Nichols in The Graduate, I have to give it to Mike Nichols in The Graduate so far for Best Director. That's just personal on that one. And But if we're doing song so far, I think you are in the league for song. So um, not bad. Uh, Spence, take it away. And tell oh, that guy to keep his asshole off our screen. We're on I, Twitch now. We're going to get banned. Damn. If you listen to me, everything would be easier. Uh, so my 10 for Best Supporting Actress, I have Catherine Zeta-Jones for Chicago. Uh, my number nine, 
uh, is the best one here, Manor Muppet from 2011's The Muppets. And my eight for best actors, I have Elizabeth Taylor for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. So, I messed up here, but I'm going to defend her. Uh, like, we all know I love Chicago. You messed up At the end of the day, I think she's the best performance. Uh, she's the best performance in the film. I think she's absolutely incredible. I've seen multiple other, like, versions of Chicago, and she's my favorite, Velma Kelly. I think she's the best dancer, best singer, best actor even of the bunch in that film. I think she's what makes the film shine. Manor Muppets is a classic. It's a perfect song. I was originally going to make it my 10, and then I, the categories that we were given shifted. So I, I bumped it up a bit because Peter Jones is a 10. But this is one of my just, like, like looking my favorite songs of all time. It, is, it, it, it follows that tightrope of just a comedy song that genuinely just works and is really engaging. And uh, whoever the fuck voices uh, the Muppet, I don't know who it is. It's the best work from Sheldon Cooper as an actor. He's only in there for like 30 seconds. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And I think it's one of the few best original song winners, which I will actively like spend my time listening to. And Elizabeth Taylor for Red Virginia Wolf. One of just, it, it's, a, it's a performance I knew I was going to love, but I watched it for the first time last week, prepping for the show. And I was blown away. I, I talked about her a lot on Logged It yesterday. But she, it's just, she's an actress who I didn't, I hadn't seen much of her stuff. And walking in and seeing... This care, uh, seeing her give this performance as someone who I just read the play in high school, and seeing her bring it to, bring it to life is just perfection. Okay, long time to put a piece of candy in my mouth. Ten supporting actress. Okay, I'm gonna make this point right now, Holtzman. I hope you're listening. Your hate for Chicago is one of the most confusing things in the history of this universe. Watch the stage version, and you should hate the stage version. The musical's not that great. If we're being honest with ourselves, Chicago itself is not a great musical. It's not. It is not. No, you can pump the brakes all you want. It's not a great musical. They did a great job at doing – they maybe cast the wrong people, but the show, the movie is not as bad. It is not a flaming pile of shit. It is so confusing. I think you take Renee Zellweger and you take Richard Gere out of that movie and you replace them with some competent people and you might have a better movie on your hand. Even though I like Richard Gere singing performance. Um, Captain Steve Jones, not a bad performance at all. I like this. I like her performance as Velma Kelly. I think she's absolutely incredible. I, I especially, Sal Block Tango, when her parts kicks in, is just in, insane. I think she's great. Um, but I just, I've never understood. Chicago's not that great of a musical. I'm sorry. Just move on. It's, it's fine. Um, next one is Manor Muppet. Oh, God. Um, I know. It's, it's, it's a fun part. Again, I'm not a huge Muppet person. I think this is a charming movie. If I had to pick it, Raindrops still wins over this one. I do not like Manor Muppet that much, um, to put it over there. Um, but it's, it's fine. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, and then you're, what was it, eight? Uh, Elizabeth Taylor's going through a lot of shit. When she <laughs> was afraid of Virginia Woolf. Um, I'm pretty sure her close friend said, you need marriage counseling. And, and they you know, did? Yeah. You know what they said? We'll fucking film a movie together, and we'll put it all out for everybody to fucking see, and it's there. 
I think Elizabeth Taylor is insane in this movie. I think I think this entire movie, it, it, it's never four people stuck in a house like a dinner party or whatever has never made me more uncomfortable in my entire life. Like I wanted to exit and I wasn't even there. I could have turned it off. Um, yeah, it's just she. The reason why this performance is so good is because it's so real. It's so real to her. So she's just letting everything out, and there's a camera to film. So great choice um, on that one. Um, okay. Now the gloves come off. Everybody that panders or everybody that makes a comment, now they can say shit to each other. This is going to be fun. I can't wait to hear Joseph. Um, Barb, take it away, Seven. Uh, all right. This is uh, this is going to surprise a few people. Um, my number seven is going to be Best Supporting Actor, and it's Christopher Walken for The Deer Hunter. I am not a big fan of this movie. Um, I think it's overrated. However, I will always admit that it's got two phenomenal scenes, and it's got Christopher Walken's performance. Uh, this performance is absolutely incredible. That last Russian roulette scene... Yo, his performance in that is drop dead, like knockout, one of the greatest performances of all time. Um, and I think that there's so many things going on, but it's all captured in a very intense stare. Uh, yeah, this this performance is incredible. Motherfucker, you know my talk longer. Okay. This movie is not overrated okay it's not overrated is it over is it bloated absolutely without question this movie is bloated that wedding scene is one of the longest things in cinema history oh my god so but long but it's basically like holding on to that moment as long as you can until your life's about to change um i think walken is insane in this movie um I, do, I think a lot of the performances are really good in this movie, honestly. I just I think the wedding scene is what drags the movie down for everybody. If you cut that wedding scene at least in half, you're sitting at two hours and 30 minutes, guaranteed. Like, no problems. Um, but his performance, yeah. that I've never felt more helpless at the end of a movie than that part where he... Well, that, that scene of the, the... When that scene happens. Because you're just like, oh my gosh, like you... You just couldn't take it. Um, yeah, great choice. Um, I'm really surprised that it came from the Deer Hunter from you, but I figure I figure that would have been your best picture winner. Um, anyways, everybody else on uh, Christopher Walking in uh, the Deer Hunter. I can go first. Uh, I think I'm also on Barr's side, in which I think this movie is kind of overrated and bloated. I haven't seen it in a while, but I'd be open to seeing it again. But I do remember the Russian roulette scenes, and I do think that Christopher Walken is at least really good in the movie to win that Oscar. Have not seen it. This movie features a scene where Christopher Walken sings uh, I Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. And it's great. Although, no, Walken's performance is fantastic. This is easily, like, his best performance. I don't know if I would call this, like, the bet. I, I don't think I would put this. Actually, no, I would. I would. This is like top ten best supporting actor performances to win. So like, I'll, it's, I'll give it's, Barb that. It's the know. hardest out of all of the categories to pick. That's. I mean, that's fair. 
Um, so yeah, uh, I think that <laughs> I thought he was gonna say I was wrong, uh, but no. Uh, but yeah, uh, great, great pick. You're muted. Muted. When the fuck did Bowman become a salt shaker? My God, there's the amount of salt that's inside you right now. Calm the fuck down. Shit. Um, oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. Whose turn is it talking? It's YLS. Fucking jump over each other. I don't give a shit. Um, okay, what's your six? Uh, my number six is going to be Best Supporting Actress, even though some people would call this category fraud. Um, it is Ava Marie Saint for On the Waterfront. Um, I think Ava Marie Saint's performance in this is... It's incredible, just like the, the amount of things that this character has to go through and learn. The scene where she learns the truth about her brother's death is, it's all done in silence, essentially, but you look at her face and you just see so many things going on. Um, and the scene where she's just talking with Terry uh, on the swings, there are so many moments in this where her performance is just so strong and powerful, she doesn't really have to say that much um and it's one of my favorite performances by anyone like ever honestly it's a hundred percent category fraud i'm sorry when you put it is it there i said huh no i disagree with that um but um i i think i think the performance this movie is one that i have to go back on and rewatch again um it's because i watched it really late um one night and it's a slow burn. Let's be real with mm -hmm. ourselves. This movie is very slow. Uh, so it kept me going. Up. I did the old man like pass out. <laughs> so there's parts that probably miss. It's a good movie. Like I can, I can respect everything I can. I can now be Warzone champion because I know about it now. But um, overall, it's just, um, it's, yeah, I, I just, I disagree with the, the placement, but good choice so far. I would put, um, Joseph, whoever Joseph put right now for supporting actress over it. Um, Patty Duke? Patty Duke, yes. Um, okay. Uh, everybody else on this one. So you mentioned that we should step over everyone, so I'm going to do that right now. How dare you say that this movie's slow? You are have a short attention span that you need to have more education. In. <laughs> uh, well, but uh, I hope you do rewatch it because I think this movie is a fantastic movie. I did consider Eva Marie Saints for this movie. I think that she is fantastic in this movie. Her camera artery and chemistry with Marlon Brando is so great. But I did want to like try to spread the love over different movies, so I wanted to only focus on one movie per category. Spoilers. This motherfucker don't miss. No, he's. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> really good. Uh, I'll be honest. You're supposed to just do one movie per thing, but go ahead. I don't really remember her performance. Not to say that she's bad, but I get so caught up in how much I hate everything around her performance. It's hard for me to get attacked. Bar, we've been over this. I hate the screenplay. I. Oh I think my God, Spence, shut up. If I'm gonna, if, if I'm gonna fucking moral no, you stop right there. there. You're good. Spence, stop talking. Stop You're talking good. about this. You're good. You'll, you'll, yeah, get oh, educated sorry. with the culture, Spence. This motherfucker don't miss. Elliot Kazan is ass, and the screenplay is ass. Fuck you, Spence. You're ass. I think the Ava Marie Saint is really good in this movie. Uh, at the same time, she is the third or fourth best performance in her movie, uh, but she is very good. 
I okay, and look, I, listen. I'm not going to have somebody come on the show for the first time and tell me that I have a low attention span. This movie is slow. It's okay to call a movie a slow burn. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Um, but I said it, it was is. Good. It is a slow burn. Like I it's didn't a say it was a pile burn. of shit. I was just I watched it at midnight. Not a great choice. I love the movie, and it's a slow movie. That doesn't mean bad. Correct. Change I just don't think it's that slow. That's what I'm saying. Oh Lord of mercy. I hate to what you see what is fast. That's, okay. that's when um, Joseph sets his eyes to ten, to just two forty p. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, what's your next one? Because Spence and Barr are throwing stuff across the. I can't even catch the shit amount of shit being yeah. thrown. Uh, uh, but so, my number five is going to be best actor, uh, and I picked Gregory Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird. Hello, Chase. By the way, cool. All right, so. Um, Gregory Peck in this film, Gregory Peck's one of those actors who just is really good at playing a man deeply hiding the emotions that he that he has, but you able to read everything on his face. Um, just the scene where in like the the end of the trial, um, when you find out the verdict, you just like read everything on his face. There's like anger and sadness and all of that. Uh, just the honesty that he portrays when he's talking to Scout. It's incredibly, like, realistic. Um, and it's just one of those performances where you cannot imagine literally anyone else in that time period doing that role because I don't, no one else could have done it like Gregory Peck. So that's my number five, best actor out of all the best actors. So this is the one subject matter that I'm probably the most educated on of best actor right now. I think I'm down to, like, 18 of them left that I haven't seen, um, the winners. This is tough. This category is super strong. Um, I think Peck is kind of in the conversation. He's not personally in my top ten right now. Um, I think no. he's. I think he's good. There's just a lot of performances out there to choose from. Um, but yeah, I. I. And this maybe more watches will maybe change my opinion on this. I've been on the show the show record of saying this movie needs to stop being shown in schools or make people read this in schools because I don't believe the I believe the attention span of the generations, including mine and people younger, are going down. Yes. And I Is it think, too slow of a movie? No, I just don't think they care. I don't think they care about the subject matter as much, and they're not mature enough to understand the themes or care about the themes enough because they're too busy wanting to do fart jokes and shit in class. I think this is something that I wish I would have waited for after like college. I would have liked it a lot more. Just in a, in a classroom setting, it's never a good thing because I feel like people goof off or they don't take it seriously so more watches of this i will think i just wish they'd stop showing this not that it's bad to show in school i think they should but i just don't think including myself is at the right maturity level to take it at that point um everybody else on gregory peck as best actor here's the thing elephant in the room burt lancaster birdman of alcatraz jack lemon days of wine and roses peter o'toole lawrence arabia all three performances nominated that year better than Gregory Peck. Is Gregory Peck good? Yes. All three of those performances are better. Yeah, I feel I feel in the same way as Bowman with uh, Lawrence of Arabia that 
Peter O'Toole is a lot better as a performance. I feel like this Oscar was more given as an ideal to an idealized character, which I don't hate, but I do feel stronger about uh, Peter O'Toole, who should have won for this Oscar. Well, they I, didn't, and that's not what we're arguing. But we can say that because Cody told us to, so I'm just saying. Cody told us at the beginning of the show. (laughs) We can bring that up, and now you're saying, oh, that doesn't count. That's not how. How does this show work, Barr? You tell me. I don't know. We're we're arguing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That said, I haven't seen the movie in a while since high school because I've been trying. I was trying to like watch this and understand why it's such a classic when I was watching that at the time. So I just have to revisit it. I think. I hate to agree with Cody. Uh, I, I'm not going to agree that they, they should stop doing this school, but I haven't seen it in high school and I wasn't paying attention, so I don't really have a strong opinion about this. I respect the pick. I, I obviously disagree, but it's, it's not a bad pick. Uh, but they probably, they gave Gregory Peck the Oscar because half the fuckers were asleep watching Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. Um, uh, oh. Sorry, the movie's too funny. It's three and a half hours, Joseph. Give him some stuff. It's, it's, it's fantastic. But, uh, Get a fucking editor. Damn it. These old movies are <laughs> fucking shit. I hate when you... It's better uh, edited than the Deer Hunter. I'm Dad sorry. Dan Lemon is the one who should have won for Deer Hunter. Loud noises. I hate watching an old movie and intermission comes up. I'm like, motherfucker. We're only at You can right? fast forward it. I miss only, only two movies are worth the intermission. Not West Side Story and Holy I'm not saying the intermission part. I'm saying, holy shit, I'm only halfway through this. Um, that's the book that I have a problem. Bar, what's your four? We're going to fucking fight tonight. <laughs> My number four is the best actress performance out of all of the best actress performances. And if you know me, you knew this was coming. It's Frances McDormand in Fargo, Yikes. baby. Yikes. Okay. All right. Joseph, now we get to rip you apart. Go ahead. Tell us okay. what you saw this. All right, uh, you're not wrong because Spence is gonna want to rip me up for picking on the waterfront for her best original screenplay. <laughs> we are going to rumble. Yeah, uh, this movie is fantastic. I had heard a lot about this movie when I was in high school and getting more into older films for the first time, and it still blew me away with how tense and absorbed I was by the dialogues and how the story progressed here. Everyone here is great. Eva Marie saying maybe the fourth best performance, like Bogman was saying, but that's still pretty great because she and everyone is great in here. But I really, really believed their performances because of the dialogues. Her natural chemistry with Terry, like my Marlon Brando, and then there's also Terry's conflicting inner demons and emotions about whether he should testify against the mob, and then he also has feelings for Edie. Of course, the I could have been a contender scene is iconic, but there was also the scene where Carl Malden's character does that monologue where he speaks out against the violence on the docks, that gave me chills and just got me tense and mesmerized when I saw that for the first time. It showed me how important and powerful the screenplay could be as someone who was just getting more into films of that era, and that's why I love it. So this movie's a slow burn. <laughs> um I don't think the script's bad. Again, what I said by that is I don't mean this movie's bad. I think this movie is good. I think this just needs a fresh watch. Um, I think there are great performances throughout it. I struggle a little bit with Brando, like some of Brando's acting performances just because of like 
the way he delivers lines and stuff, I believe, like, I understand it, but it's still, like, fucking speed It up. was very different for that time. It was right. revolutionary. So, yeah. like, yeah, it's yeah. different. It's just different. It takes me out. But, no, um, wouldn't say it's bad. I don't, has there been another original screenplay brought up yet? Mm -hmm. No? So, okay. So, people have some stuff higher. Everybody else on On the Waterfront, the screenplay. I think Carl Malden's speech in that movie is maybe one of the greatest scenes of all time. Like everyone mm -hmm. talks about, I could have been a contender. Not the best, great speech. Not mm -hmm. the best speech from that movie. Carl Malden's and anybody who sits around and lets it happen uh, shares the guilt of it just as much as the Roman soldiers. Like that, I love that whole speech. Carl Malden is incredible in this movie and should have won the Oscar. Should have won the Oscar. I haven't seen Edmund O'Brien in the other movie, but pro still. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I want. I want to. See, yeah, I just. I want to see it just because I can say that it may not have deserved that Oscar. I'm just like kind of happy but upset at the same time that three people from that movie were nominated for supporting actors. So like, I guess vote splitting is to blame, but still, still, yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Adelaide. Tell us your wrong opinion. Oh, no. So, last, last. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, away. fine. This movie, this screenplay is super tight. Um, it's very hard to really capture the emotional turmoil of a character just like through the written word. And I think that this script does that. Um, I think that the way that it builds and develops and grows, uh, get fucked, Spence. Um, the way that this <laughs> script motherfucker don't miss uh the way that the script builds and develops um you see the way you see the relationships constantly change and shift um it, it's incredible you're right that Carl Mullen's speech is one of the greatest movie speeches of all time um and it's just the way that the dynamics between the characters are written fantastic amazing brilliant it's no so I'm gonna, Hey, calm down, okay? <laughs> I said one of. Okay. Okay, I'm going to slow things down. Number one, like, yeah, his Malden speech is, little, is literal perfection. I, I literally have it, like, in my list of monologues I want to perform next to things from Touch of Evil and Revolutionary Road. Like, it's, it's fantastic. The screenplay on, as a whole is not bad. My issue comes with even Marie Saint's character. And I'm not going to say the big scary words, but her relationship with Brando gives me such a sour taste on the rest of the film. It's not a bad movie overall. Oh my like, god! I I despise that, and that's what I was talking about overall. Like, it's a fine pick. There's a lot better. I like. I have this higher, obviously, but like, it's I. I think there's a lot better movies you could pick. Can Can you message me what you're still talking about? I don't confuse. Yeah. Um. Also, if I, I know ever, exactly what they're saying, if I ever hear Bar say "toit" like that again, I will literally just cancel the show. Um. Let's go to your number six, uh, Joseph. My six is a movie that I wasn't a huge fan of the first time I saw it, kind of like Cody, but I've heard that he's since rewatched it and liked it a lot more. My same experience with me, uh, with Unforgiven and the category for best director, Clint Eastwood. Mm. Yeah, so this movie, I think, is a very powerful metaphorical film that Clint Eastwood directed just because of how 
uh, anti-violence it is, or in, in the sense that it shows the ugly side of violence in the Western genre. Like, there were movies in the movies before that that did show some ugly sides to violence. The Wild Bunch in particular comes in mind. But, like, at the same time, they also have a lot of bravado and heroism in the in those genres that Clint Eastwood's character in particular sometimes did a lot of. But then when he did this movie, he wanted to show the ugly side of violence, how characters are really, really affected by this movie. And I love seeing how the characters are developed at the start of the movie. And then as they progress in the movie, characters are characters do terrible things at each other. They beat each other up. They slice up a prostitute. They, there's an ugly side of this character and this movie that is so powerful. And I think that does a strong, great contrast to what Clint Eastwood had been doing for years before. That ending, that ending sequence while they're in the rain at that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, at the place is so, so tense for me. I think it gets better on rewatch that it, it also gives me hope that Cody would rewatch other movies that I love that he could maybe appreciate more like he's done for It's a Wonderful Life and hopefully for LA Confidential. Uh, but yeah, I love this movie. And I love that Clint Eastwood got a best director for this. As long as it's not Mulholland Drive, I think I'll give some movies uh, just message me and I'll try it. Um, uh, I, I'm just going to say this. Some people don't like this opinion. I think Clint Eastwood's a pretty good director. <laughs> At the basics, I like a lot of his films. Um, I understand there's some films that people won't like, but like I love Unforgiven. I think Unforgiven is so... I think it works because he's behind the camera and he has that experience with westerns and what he's able to bring out of it uh uh and then um i again love mystic river of course and i love i love million dollar baby um i just think he gets way too much hate of as a director um a best director that's really hard i don't think you picked a bad choice especially of i again that's a list that i'm about to tackle through myself but um there's a lot of good choices. I'm still gonna. There are. There are. I'm still gonna slide with Mike. Uh, uh, Mike Nichols from The Graduate for this one for me. I know I'm sh sh fucking shocked. <laughs> um, guess what? You can put Scorsese somewhere and you to win as well. Uh, but yeah, great choice. Um, but everybody else on Clint Eastwood for directing Unforgiven. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I do really like Unforgiven. I think Unforgiven is a great movie. The more I learn and hear Eastwood talk about his directing style, the more I think that Eastwood doesn't necessarily deserve a lot of the credit for his great movies that he has directed, where he describes himself as a very hands-off director and basically says, I just let the people do what they do. I don't like to really correct them or get in like that, just like I don't like people to correct me. So I don't know how much... If we're calling it best director, I think you have more of an argument for picture. I think director, not really. That's kind of the problem here is that I don't know how much credit Eastwood deserves for his movies. Just that there's another movie I want to talk about for his picture. Do you think he just stands back and lets somebody just do a shit and it doesn't say anything? I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's what he does, but he's... From what I understand, like, look at 1570 in Paris. He definitely wasn't given those oh, guys. I have not seen that. You could have put anybody. If their decision was to make the real people be the actors, then that's the problem. 
it's not him. He just cast the worst people. Like he cast the real people. So again, uh, Spence and Barr on. I haven't seen it. Um, it's fine. <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> That's fine. I hope you just re rewatch it because I also thought it was fine the first time. Well, it's fine. Everything's fine, fairly, Jim. So, um, not uh, everything. Not everything. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, next one. Okay. Uh, I kind of really wish that you didn't reveal this out in the open until that, like last week, that you said that you were, or not last week, but the week before, that you were going to watch every top five thing from now on because i want to see what paul yama had in store the next time he did something and then you surprised him hey i saw this well, uh, so I, did, I did that to scott because i think scott thought i was never going to watch mahalo drive and then i watched <laughs> it. Was... yeah so i'm curious what you think about this movie i think there's not a lot of wrong you can say about Charlize theron's oscar for monster in best actress mm. she carries this movie by a lot the movie, I think, as a whole, isn't incredible as it could have been. I think it's a very melodramatic at times, but like I said, she carries this movie a lot. She is completely transformed, as Eileen Warnos in here, with just her mannerisms and her way of speaking. Like there's, like she's on crack cocaine almost. She's like the, also the way of her teeth and that her mouth looks like. And if you see her in real life interviews, it's kind of scary how great or at least how similar she looks to the real life Eileen Warnos. And of course the makeup department also gets some credit for that. But yeah, I think Eileen, that Charlize Theron does an incredible job in portraying this character, seeing how she goes from getting assaulted at the start of, near the start of the movie, and then she transforms into a serial killer. Her aggressiveness that shows in various scenes, like when she gets rejected by various jobs, like when she's trying to leave the prostitution profession, it's so so tragic to to see her mentally break down in the last half of the movie her scene uh, right before she and christina ricci's character selby part ways mesmerizes me she's just sobbing and sobbing so hard and shaking she can't like talk straight about their situations and all their life choices going all wrong for them and it's incredible Again, I don't think the movie is as amazing as it could have been, but watch it just for Charlize Theron. So I am a true crime nut. I have always been. I just I find it fascinating. Um, I have problems. I understand that. Um, but like zero colors, I find super fascinating. Um, and I've watched a ton of her. Um, I can't ever. What's her name? How do you pronounce it again? Eileen Warnes. Eileen. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've watched her documentary of like her actually like before she gets executed and watching that, I watched that and then I watched monster and almost the same person shows up on screen and it is freaky. It is one of my most, it's one of the best acting performances I've ever seen uh, being able to take a real life person and bring them to film the movie itself. Meh at best. But just her performance alone is insane. And the descent and the madness she goes into, like she does in real life, is crazy. This movie is crazy. Like, um, I suggest anybody, if you haven't seen her in this movie, 
just go check out her alone. Just don't. The movie's what it is, but her performance is outstanding. Great choice for this one. Everybody else I have not seen it. I also haven't seen it. I have heard legendary things, and I haven't seen it. Yay! I got something nobody's the, seen. The makeup and everything else worked like does a lot of help in that movie, but she's still got to get the performance. It's great. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, four. Yep, four. This one was very close. Best actor, pretty close as well. Best supporting actor was like, ah, uh, what? What do I pick? A, B, or C, or D? There's like a ton of choices. Uh, I rewatched this movie, and I am very proud that I stuck by it. Uh, it is the best supporting actor winner for No Country for Old Men, Javier Bardem. Just the way that he looks like it's creepy enough, kind of like Eileen Warrenos in real life, but the way that he looks like and just the way that he carries on naturally with this demeanor and getting and 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 the way that he looks like is just super super unsettling to watch him just with no emotions or barely any emotions except when he's like being annoyed at people for being people like when they like when the guy at this gas station asks him some questions just for chatter and then he gets kind of like annoyed at him and then he makes him uh toss a coin for betting on his life and then that that whole type of behavior is just so unsettling to watch and he is so convincing throughout this movie i think he his face in which he's like keeping it straight whenever he's trying to go on his mission to get Llewellyn moss josh brolin's character he's just a psychopath of like the highest degree of level and it's just kind of a great movie or well this is a movie that i've never like been in love with but i've always loved javier bardem in this movie and i rewatched that movie the movie has gone the movie also has gone up for me on rewatch i rewatched it today i think it's a really fantastic movie and that is only made better by his performance in this movie it's this heartless completely heartless killer yeah, and I was going to say this, but I didn't want to give it away. If you're going to give No Country for Old Men one of the Oscars that it won for any of these, I think this is the category to give it in. I think it's. I think he just absolutely is the best part of this movie. He's one of the best uh, parts of most movies. I understand. I think there's one other supporting actor choice that you can go with, and that can kind of give a pass, but if you're going to give one out, and if you wanted like honor No Country for Old Men and give it, that makes sense, but yeah, his performance is the one thing in the movie that always grips me in. If his performance is out of it, I don't think I ever watch this movie again, Like, but his performance is alone, just how he delivers lines and the look on his face. Yeah. Um, everybody else on Javier Vernon. This is, uh, as I said earlier, I think this is the category that had the most picks um, that you could have, you know, made the right pick for. This is one of the ones I was considering. I thought you said that for lead actor. No, supporting. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that this is like one of the top tier picks in this category. I think... I love this movie, so I gave it director because I think just from a direction standpoint that it's fair. I also had a closer pick for supporting actor uh, that I just love that we'll talk about later. But 
I I don't begrudge his pick at all. It's a it's a great pick for for supporting actor. I I have a lot of thoughts about this. I think I think we'll come up with my supporting actor pick as well. Like I think I think he's incredible. There's no slight to him. It's it's a safe pick. I, I get it. You the rest of my the rest of my list is going to be very boring and safe. <laughs> yeah. Safe. Oh god, okay, this is uh, Alright, Boatman, take it away. Okay, uh, my number seven is Best Supporting Actress, Kate Blanchett as Katherine Hepburn in The Aviator. Uh, I think this this was like, besides Lord of the Rings, this was like my introduction to Kate Blanchett as an actress. I was blown away, and I hadn't even seen a Katherine Hepburn movie at that point, but now as I like have watched Katherine Hepburn movies... That is Katherine Hepburn. She has it down perfectly. Like her, her performance in this is just really fantastic. I think she steals every scene that she's in, which is not an easy thing to do because I actually think The Aviator is a really great movie that doesn't get enough love. I love The Aviator, uh, and I think she's the best part of a fantastic movie. Uh, there's just this scene with uh, her and Howard golfing. Uh, is just one, one of the best. Like, just the way she she comes in and she has the same energy that she does uh, in her films. It feels just so Catherine Hepburn. Fantastic performance. Yes. Um, I'm on the record. I don't think I don't think um, The Aviator gets, uh, like, mentioned in the same breath of a lot of Scorsese films. I think it's absolutely incredible. Um, as somebody that's watched more Catherine Hepburn as well, yes, Kate Blanchett is absolutely killing in this movie. It is one of my favorite Best Supporting Actresses. Um, so, yeah, great choice. I can't, I couldn't disagree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. Disagree with you. Um, so, great choice on that one. Everybody else, uh, uh, Kate Blanchett and The Aviator. For the this longest is, time, it wasn't streaming anywhere, so I haven't seen it yet, but I have the DVD. I just got it two days ago. I was on Netflix when I was 13, and that's how I watched it. Objection. This is oh, the most This is the most Bowman pick possible. Like, and for their stuff later, which is like, oh, this is like... But, like, I am not surprised at all. Bowman's like, you know what? I love Kate Blanchett and The Aviator. <laughs> like, oh, this is a great pick. I think, she's, I think she's incredible in this. It's just coming in, it's like, oh, yeah. You were going to pick this. You think this is the most Boatman pick he could have made? Okay. Oh, so far. It's, it's going to get a lot more Boatman. Like, this is <laughs> Does everybody else find this fascinating? As somebody that has not went yet is throwing a lot of shit at people that haven't even started uttering their rest of their list. They're way I too confident in their list. <laughs> no, I'm I not. haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. Um, my, my six is best picture. For Amadeus. Yikes. What? Uh, my five is best supporting actor for Heath Ledger as the Joker. That's my seven. All right. Let's get to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, Cole has talked about it. He's called, he has like a dumb name for it. I don't remember what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like 2007, 2008, 2009. The Unholy Trinity. That's what it is. Thank you. I was going to say the same thing. All three of like the greatest movie villains of all time, or at least of that decade, winning Best Supporting Actor. 
And this is my personal favorite of those three, my favorite performance to win Best Supporting Actor. There's been a lot of great performances to win Best Supporting Actor, but just on my most recent rewatch of The Dark Knight, I'm just still blown away with how Heath Ledger was able to pull this off. Like, you look at everything he's done before, even, like, really great performances from him, like Brokeback Mountain. There is nothing in there that says that he's able to, like, go this dark and this, like, impressive, but it's an incredible performance. He is so fantastic and so scary in this. I think, by far, in my opinion, the, like, darkest scene, everyone goes to, like, the interrogation, which is a fantastic scene, don't get me wrong, but for me, like, the scene that always sticks with me is just the very, very poorly shot uh, handheld cam video with him just... You, oh man, my word! I think that scene is incredible. Uh, but yeah, from its introduction uh, with the pencil, just everything he does with his short amount of screen time is perfect. There, it, it's just an incredible performance. Yeah, and here, here's the thing: I, I think I, I picked I picked Ledger for the reason of the unholy trinity. Of I think a bit like I think. More so Ledger than Bardem or Waltz, although Waltz is really close to making my list. I think impacted the way we view, like we, we like we, we treat comic book movies a, a lot more seriously, but also just I think the way that people portray villains has has been really impacted by those three performances. And in my opinion, I think Ledger is the one who has changed acting the most of the three. Uh, I I think he he brought an approach to the character like okay, and that's one of the ways that I ranked my list of it's not just who is my favorite is who has impacted the category the most. And I think Ledger has made an incredible impact on how actors approach these kind of roles. And that's why I picked him on top of, yes, he gives an amazing performance. And I think we've all talked about it a lot, but I could not pick him here. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll just show my card. If I'm going of the three of the unholy Trinity, I'm going Hans Landa as number one. Um, that's my pick overall. I think he gives a performance that is thankful. I agree with you. All three of them are great performances. I think Ledger did do something. Um, he basically broke the system when he did it um, with this thing. Because I don't know if he brought more light to the comic book and like gave more uh, or that villains could be the, the to win. I just think he went above his his medium like i went above comic books i think his performance was not even on this level like i don't think i remember all the casting news came out and people were like are you effing kidding me and then to see his performance that bowman's right never gave anything the guy from knight's tale the guy from brokeback mountain is doing the joker yeah good fucking luck with that and then that's the performance we get um, again, I absolutely, the interrogation scene will always be one of my favorite scenes in all film history is like when he's basically like, you shouldn't do that. Like everything gets fuzzy. It's just how he delivers lines and how he looks and how his whole demeanor changes by just little things. He gives a great performance. Harvey Bardem or this or what, like there's some, you're right. Supporting actor has just hits for hits. hits. I am with Joseph. I'm really Crazy. surprised I had Hans Landa on it. That's a little bit of a shock for me. But, um, yeah, great choice. I don't know where I'd go between Javier Verdim or Heath Ledger, but, yeah, great choices all around. Barr, didn't, Barr and Joseph didn't have a joke or, uh, for Heath Ledger. How close was he to making your list? 
Very close. Very close. Yeah, uh, just real quickly, it was technically Andrew who said that he was surprised that no one the had Hans Landa, and I said that it was very hard. But yeah, it was really close. As I said, uh, this category, probably the most stacked out of all of the winners. Um, and to those people who say that Heath Ledger only won because he died, shut up. Uh, yeah, there's, that's a conversation for another time. Um, but uh, sorry, both your names are yellow on this thing over here for me. So can you change it? Do that next time. Come on, okay. All right, uh, we are on to Boatman's four. Four? What's your four? This guy right here, best actor, Marlon Brando for The Godfather. Uh, yeah, I think this is. We talked about a lot about Brando's other uh, best actor winning movie. I think this is the better of the two performances from him. I think this is just an incredible performance as Vito Corleone. Just from the opening scene alone. Uh, you know, um, it's at this point, like, it's just been so ingrained into culture that, like, everything, uh, you know. Come to me on the day my daughter's wedding. I can't do the voice. I can't do the voice. I admit that I can't do the voice. I no, know. it was bad. But a Brando? <laughs> it wasn't terrible. Though. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Fair. One drink. But yeah, like that, you know, just the his connection with Michael, how he, you know, just honestly, like it's his quieter moments that really like make the performance. You know, I, I don't want Michael getting mixed up into this or when he's just talking with Michael about how to run the family. Uh, I love those scenes, but also his like big moments when he's uh, slapping around Johnny Fontaine. I think the whole film is just incredible. And I think this performance is just one of the great leading performances of all time. I think Brando just kills it. He is putting so much into this performance. Love it. Is he the best performance inside The Godfather? Yeah, my opinion. I It's close. Okay. And I'd say um, so. I will always go with Michael. Um, no question about it. But no, I, I, I agree with you. Godfather? Michael, if we're including the sequels, Michael and Godfather 2, I will give you. Because I think Pacino is better in two than he's in one. I think Pacino's better in one. But anyway, that's not what we're arguing here. Uh, I think overall this film um, is it's in my top ten of all time. It's it's a perfect film. Uh, it gets all the hype that it gets. It deserves every bit of it. Um, Brando's performance. Uh, when I was I was younger, I just didn't. This movie was talked about a lot when I was younger about being one of the greatest films ever. I watched it way too young. Um, I did not like it. I thought the talk about another seventies wedding scene that needs to hurry the fuck up, but <laughs> or like party. Um, but let me tell you, it's it now watching it. I love that scene. Uh, it's one of my favorite scenes inside The Godfather. Um, uh, yeah, it's Brando's performance. He's got iconic lines, but the way he delivers it without saying much. Honestly, the scenes that he doesn't he doesn't talk very much throughout the entire film. Like he gives simple moments and simple instructions. And I love that he just he is the godfather, basically sends people do his bidding and then when it doesn't go his the way, he makes sure it goes that way. So um yeah, he loves long. Uh so yeah. 
great choice. Uh, it's a tough mm-hmm. one, Berto. Um, there was something that changed in my ranking, so we'll talk about that probably later. But, um, yeah, but Brando, great choice. Everybody else, did Marlon Brando cross your mind at all? Like, not to agree with Cody again, but, yeah, I watched this when I was way too young. I don't like it. It's too long, and I'm bored. Uh, I, I will say, I will stand by, though. I think Al Pacino's real. I think I prefer Pacino over Brando, but I don't really care for this. I could go on longer, but I actually want to win this week's so movie. Shut up. I'm not gonna go on. Uh, I'm not gonna go so far as to say that he shouldn't have won because it's a category fraud. He's a supporting actor, and Al Pacino should have been a lead actor, like some people do. Uh, but this is kind of category fraud for me in the lead actor category. I'm fine with him winning. Uh, but I do prefer Al Pacino in the movie. I think Al Pacino should have won lead actor for this movie, and Marlon Brando should have won supporting actor for this movie. I, I also, funny. I also like him more, or liked him more in On the Waterfront, and a movie that he should have won for A Street Carning Desire more. Um, maybe that's maybe that's why I didn't. Maybe that's why I didn't have him like at the top five. Uh, performance is quite there for me. Pacino, but been, Pacino would have been there if he wasn't a punk bitch. So, um, <laughs> as Bowman told me. Uh, all right, uh, Bar, Brando. So, I get the pandering stare for putting Mike Nichols at number eight, but you have him at, you have the Godfather at number four. That's what not a pandering, pandering and being a bitch. Things behind me. Oh, so cool! You have a poster of the Godfather. Unlike their door. graduate on your top one hundred, huh? It's just making it. I rewatched it, and it's oh, oh, now it magically <laughs> top one hundred. Now it has ooh. Oh, no. fairy, leave under your pillow, Pinocchio. <laughs> Loud noises. Jesus Christ. Okay, um, Spence, what's your six? Uh, my six? Yeah, oh, yeah. Roger. My, uh, yeah, that's my thought. My six is Milos Forman for Amadeus and Best Director. Uh, this is this is maybe the one I hummed and hot over the most because I think I think directing is a, is a lot to do. And when I sat down about it, I was like, wait, I, I have a hard time thinking of things not in just quantity. And I think uh, Forman directed the most movie here and still like pitched a perfect thing. I think there's so many tones and, and styles and characters to balance and he finds a way to do it all. And again, talking about like movies that are too long, this is like two and a half fucking hours and it flies by the fact that the fact, the fact that Foreman can make something so compelling, so rich and so dense. And also it feels like an hour and a half. This is one of the best jobs I've seen of any director ever, and I wish I'd seen this. I wish I'd seen this movie more. It took me way too long to watch it, and I'm so happy I can. I think there's a lot of good picks. I think this is the best pick. I will not share my opinion on um, the my review that I just put on this movie because somebody else put it in a different category. Um, directing, I agree. I can't disagree with you. The direction of Amadeus is one of the greatest achievements ever. I think this film 
the fact that we're in the film community and we talk about Amadeus, that's one thing. Like, that's expected. Like, I expect to hear people talk about Amadeus. But the fact that no one else ever talks about Amadeus, and I think that everybody just in the general public is missing that gem of a movie, honestly. I think this movie comes along not... It's not one of those movies that come around all the time. And it's like... it's it can, I can place this movie in decades... And I think it still is one of those best movies of that decade. Like, I think throughout this entire thing and where he's able to shoot it. And, like, I don't like classical music. I hate classical music, if I'm being honest. I'm I'm an uncultured swine when it comes to it. I understand there's people like, I just, it's I've never had a love for it like some people. Um, but this movie makes me care about it. This movie makes me, like, invested in care about the struggle back then. The, the operas and everything that they're able to create this environment from it is just insane. And the way he's been able to shoot and everything, it's it definitely gives him a, a hat. Uh, he d- does a great job of directing. I, t- I still like Mike Nichols. Uh, but uh, we're, gonna, uh, we're going to... Uh, well, I can only pick one for certain categories, so um, we'll talk later. Um, but... Uh, Everybody else on the directing um, of Amadeus. This movie is for me what uh, To Kill a Mockingbird was for Cody. Was saying that I saw it when I was very young, and I wasn't a huge fan of the ending. It kind of uh, made me mad at how depressed it was. I have since rewatched it. I have since rewatched it, and it is so so well done. Like. Even though I wasn't a fan of the ending when I saw it the first time, I was still mesmerized by how quick a two and a half hour plus long movie went by for me. Uh, it's not quite in my like top uh, 100 favorite movies of all time, but it's such an incredible artistic t- achievement and of directing and of acting. And I don't, I don't disagree with this pick. I think it's a really great pick, great choice. If I didn't have Amadeus already in another category. I, I might have picked uh, Foreman for director. I'm in the same boat as Barr is that I picked Amadeus. And I already said I picked Amadeus for picture. So that I didn't put it in direct. I couldn't put it in director, but it's a great pick. Yeah. And again, the, one of the most depressing endings to any movie but so understood why it's that. Like now, looking back on, like it doesn't matter how much you pour out and how much you do, you'll you can still die, you know, penniless. Um, I, I think making Salieri's elite is so hard. He pulled it off so well. Oh, that's now that's a that's a category the for best actor. That's an argument. That's a class. That's an argument. Oh yeah. Uh, go to your five. Speaking of best actor. Uh, I'll bring it back. I'll bring the same argument back I used before. I'm using Robert De Niro uh, in Raging Bull. Uh, that's textbook pandering. There's way more pandering picks. Go fuck you. That's textbook pandering. Genuinely, this is, this is it's the same argument I'm going to use for Ledger, where I feel like De Niro shaped a lot of like what both like what myself as an actor and what I see in films over time. I think his performance as Lamada changed a lot of. How, I, how a lot of acting nominees and best actors have sort of performed. And I think that, and get a fucking look up your face bar. I think De Niro is absolutely amazing in it. I think he has this great idea of change over time. 
and he's able to capture every version of Lamada throughout his entire life. Even like from the, from this young spunky up and comer to this just old depressed man trying to find his life, and him in prison is just so fucking heartbreaking. I think this is just a masterclass of acting. And again, there's a lot of good picks, but but to me, De Niro has shaped acting from this film, and that's who I look to. And it's like this is it. Okay, I understand the pandering thing because if you talk to me about actors. Then Denzel and De Niro are basically hand in hand, like um, actors for me that I absolutely adore. You're 100 percent right. Um, this was the I watched Casino first, then I watched The Miracle Worker, and then I watched I rewatched Raging Bull today. Um, he's he's absolutely what a blast. Oh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> things I do for the show, uh, absolutely <laughs> incredible. Uh, definitely top five for me an acting category right now. Uh, best actor. I think he is absolutely incredible. I believe there are other films that he deserved the Oscar for as well, like other films um, that I think he's absolutely incredible in, but this one is definitely groundbreaking, and the the depths that he goes to get to this character is crazy to me. Uh, I think he's absolutely incredible. Great choice um, of all people. Spence to bring up to Nero and Raging Bolt. Didn't see it coming. Everybody else on Raging Bolt. This was my second place uh, for best actor. This was one it's of my considerations. It's... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. All right. Yeah. This was it's one of my considerations. <laughs> go, go, just go. I was going. Uh, but yeah, the. Uh, it's a great pick. I don't have any problems with it. Um, I just liked other performances more, but I don't have any qualms with this movie. He's amazing in the movie. The prison cell scene is one of the best of all time. Um, no, this was one of my considerations. Um, I, I it's just, I, I don't quite understand this take of how he completely changed the category. He's fantastic and he absolutely deserved it. It's just, I'm a little confused that. I, like I'm, I'm not the most educated, and, and if, and if y'all think I'm incorrect, I will accept that because again, like I'm not coming at it from the like the most knowledgeable perspective. The way that I basically, I, that, like I've seen winners both in the performances and what have won. I think that he's cha- he's shaped a lot of that, and his cha- and his his type of performance as I, as I is one that I think drove change in both winning and acting. I would say the same thing for Brando in On the Waterfront and. Um, Regarding desire, just to me, I enjoy Brando's performance more than those. De Niro's performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, and Barr's confused because he would get. He thinks Rex Harrison is a great actor, and my favorite. That is also true. <laughs> oh my god! That man is a block of wood. Um. Okay. Uh, we're going to uh, four. Yeah. Coho, just get it up. I know you're going to. My four is actually Ed Boatman might want to come back to this. I don't know. I think he does actually. My four is best original score for The Lion King. Yikes. Joseph, that's who it was, right? We move on. So three people had that for score? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm in love. Um, Never going to win your list. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away. What's your three? My number three is best adapted screenplay for Casablanca. 
Um, there's a reason that this is considered one of the greatest screenplays of all time. Um, it's based on a play, which a lot of people don't know. Um, and having read the play, uh, it's much more intriguing as a movie. Um, just like so many scenes in this, the, the scene where she first comes into Rick's place, the, the dueling anthems scene, um, the, the scene at the airfield. Oh my God. The scene with Peter Laurie's character getting captured and taken away. Um, the scene where she pulls a gun on him and it's, there's so many great moments that are just pieced together so perfectly and seamlessly. And it just transition and flows so effortlessly throughout the entirety um, of the writing. It's a feat to behold. Um, and it's absolutely uh, worthy of the praise of uh, one of the greatest screenplays of all time. You want to mute yourself, Chip Boy? Jeez. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is why me and Coho work so well on the show together. Um, I hate that I had to deep cut study this. <laughs> I watch. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I had to find, pick apart this movie. It didn't even fucking help me, to be honest. With you. I should have just not missed it. I would have got one question right and we would have moved on. But I think this movie is incredible. Like, I love Bogart. Like, as one of the classic actors, I enjoy Bogart so much in movies. And this is, I don't think he's ever been better than in this no. film. Like, I think he's got great performances throughout a lot of his choices, but I think in this movie of how he's able to, what he's able to deliver is just so good for me. Um, just he plays like, he plays like that up the, like he's higher than everybody and he like does it how he delivers his line and goes through it. It's just, I love it. I think, I think it's a fantastic choice. Adapt screenplay. We'll see what everybody else has had at the end of the night. But yeah, it's a really good choice for right now for adapted screenplay. Everybody else on Casablanca. I consider I... Casablanca. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. So I considered. I did consider Casablanca for screenplay. I it just barely missed the cut for a movie that is based on a play that I haven't read. I considered it, but I did want to talk about one floor of the cuckoo's nest because I had a better comparison to do. That's fair. I don't, obviously, like, Casablanca has some good lines, but, like, when I think about what I love about Casablanca, I don't really think of the writing. Like, I think of... That's how good it is, though. Shut up. That, 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 that's such a pretentious... <laughs> that, that, that's how good it is, you don't even think of the writing. <laughs> so you don't even hear the words, it's just there. <laughs> It's a character inside the film. You're not even thinking about this cup right now. <laughs> <laughs> time. But no, like, it, it is a good screenplay, but best screenplay adapted of all time? I, I don't know. It's, it's really good. Maybe I need to revisit it. Like, I just think of, like, Michael, the production designer, Michael Curtis directing. I don't this, the writing is just not what I gravitate. Well, well, remember, one uh, Barr thinks one of the greatest art of all time is a naked dude doing jumping jacks. He has yeah. some weird opinions. What? The fucking weird guy with the arms and legs and shit. Oh, the Vitruvian time. man. 
I will get educated. Say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I'm gonna put actually does come from this movie where it's literally just uh, Bogart just staring into the cameras. I remember every detail. The Germans wore blue, you wore gray, or Germans wore gray, you wore blue. And I fucking love that. And I think I think the movie is filled with just these great little lines. And I want to love the movie more, but I'm just so fucking nitpicky about it that I think it's a problem only for me that I'll never like fully fall in love with the film. It's not a bad pick. I think there's better ones. I think you're caught up in the old beat means better, but I think this is I think this is good. I like being catty. It's fun. Uh, uh, I'm glad we're not playing Among Us after this because fucking people. <laughs> Uh, Let's play Among Us Okay, here's where people are going to call me out for pandering. The Lion King for best score. That's textbook pandering. <laughs> are you done, Coho? Yes. Yeah, no, I don't think he is. He better be. Do it again once he starts talking. <laughs> Let's go. This is not pandering. I really, really do love this score. It is Hans Zimmer's best score because this was prior to relying on a lot of loud noises, which he does sometimes for a lot of movies, but sometimes to different artistic effects and a lot of Nolan films. But this score is charged with so much emotion throughout that has had me invested in the movie ever since I was a kid. There's an anxiety-inducing stampede scene and the music there is so anxiety-driven. The scene right afterwards is so tragic and heartbreaking. This land is such a majestic scope and look at the whole Pride Lands art and Pride Rock. The final fight scene between Simba and Scar is so action, kind of fact, in slow motion, I love it. And one of my favorite musical moments in any movie in my two decade plus length of watching movies is the ascending the throne scene in the rain. It is so majestic, so grand, and it gets me so emotional every single time I hear it. And just watching it is just incredible. This score is amazing. This is my favorite score to ever win this Oscar. Did I do this movie justice, Cody? Joseph just became my favorite person on the face. <laughs> Everybody uh, else. I also had this. I also had this. Not as high. Not as high. And I, you better talk just as passionate as him. Let's go. I, oh, I, I forget. Okay, I'm reading the movie I saw. Four. Okay. You can I, I forgot where it was. But I saw I saw somewhere like a few years ago. We're basically showing films with only the score playing, all the dialogue cut out, and you're just taking the film in through the score. And I feel like the Lion King would work perfectly with that because the score is so – it takes up so much of the film and you feel every emotion. This is this is by far the best work Zimmer has ever done. And I, I think it is so, so powerful. How much it can make you feel in the range of emotions. Like, like the fact like – you can tell how Shakespearean this is because of how – like it's, I'm gonna say all over the place. But I don't mean that as a negative. I I think the film runs the gambit of emotions, and Zimmer captures captures it all perfectly, while also creating I think one of the best opening scenes of all time. Which yeah, it's, it's partially a song, but also his score carries that. And I think I think it also like with my argument for actors before. I think this really changed people's perception and even composers' perception about how to score a film. This is it. This is one of the greatest things ever put to whatever celluloid is, but for music. I think I go back to the Disney movie soundtracks, right? Where we weren't allowed to include scores. It was just songs. I straight up said that if we included scores, 
Lion King would have been my number one. Because I think the score honestly might be the best thing about the movie. And it, that's not anything against anything else in the movie. But I think the score just enhances so many of the moments. Like, there are so many scores where, like, when people talk about great scores, they're talking about one theme in the movie that comes back, right? This movie has themes on themes on themes on themes. Like, there are so many great musical moments within this score. I'll echo what Joseph said. That final, like, score piece of uh, Simba taking the throne, where all the musical motifs come back into play and stack up on each other, is amazing. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, this is, I think, one of the greatest scores of all time and the best score to win, best original score. Fargo, fuck yourself. Okay. Um, anyways, um, uh, I, so I've been, I've been sent the TikTok um, of, hey, are you know, uh, I need you to make something pretty great. I, I think you're going to like it. And it's the end scene when they're climbing up. And it's like, why am I crying? Yeah. It's, I, it's just like, right? It's that moment. This movie, one, it's one of the things that was really missing. Um, like it's, I think they brought stuff over from the, to the live action. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I've only seen that piece of shit one time. Um, but um, I, I don't think Bowman's wrong. I think the overall performance. I think the score is one of the things that stand out. Anybody that tells me that Hans Zimmer deserved more for just, it's so surprising that Lion King is his only win or whatever, or that he had better ones. I totally disagree with that statement. I think this is by far his best and it's not even close when he returns to pride rock, when he finally makes the decision and the run across, which in the live action, they decide to make it a Beyonce song. And it's the, that score kicks in where he returns. So incredible throughout this entire thing. Um, I love the score. I think it's by far the best score in film history. I do not care. I love this score. Um, the music and everything is great from the film. The the thing that he's able to draw out emotion to in less than ninety minutes of a film, and the the range of emotions that you feel throughout this film, I understand Beauty and the Beast ranks for people and where it does, but this movie in its nutshell is just perfect cinema for me. Um, yeah, great choice on the score. I couldn't agree more. Bar, what the fuck? What's up? Show your face. Sick of that. So, I considered this. Oh, you should have. Uh, absolutely. It was on my short list. I just think that Jaws has kind of permeated the culture a little bit deeper. Um, but I do love the score. It's a great score. 90% of the time, I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> God, I know oh, you are on fire. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know if Bowman's back from like dropping off his chicken at the, the sink or something. But, uh, what's up, buddy? Hi. What's your three? Uh, my three is uh, best uh, adapted screenplay for the social network. Yikes. What? No, it's not. What? What? Not, what? That's not my three. Did you change it and not send it to me? 
What is my three called? Your original screenplay. Oh, it's my original. I think I mixed those up, but that's okay. Uh, my three is best. I think I might have meant to have it the other way around. That's okay. Uh, my three is best original screenplay for Little Miss Sunshine. Show work. <laughs> oh shit! Ninety percent of the time, I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I thought we said it the other one, but that's okay. Yeah, you said it. June 24th. Nope, you're right. You're right. No, you're fine. I just had to make stuff. You're fine. We know what's coming next. Go ahead. Do you? Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, for... I was thrown out. Yeah, uh, Little Miss Sunshine, I think, is a film that is so enhanced by its right? Cole has pointed this out before, I think, on YLS. But look at, like, the, the diner scene, right? Look at what everyone just orders at the diner. This is a movie that understands its, char- its characters on a fundamental level. I think there are so many great, like, comedic moments, heart-wrenching moments, moments that are a little bit of both. I think one of, like, the most brilliant moments is the uh, colorblind scene where Paul Dano finds out he's colorblind. And first you're kind of laughing just because of his reaction. And then you kind of realize, wait, this is this guy's life, but you're still kind of laughing because the horn won't stop, stop honking. So like, it just takes you on a roller coaster of emotions. I just think there are so many great moments of dialogue within the film. Uh, and just, I love Dano's beauty pageant suck monologue or beauty contest sucks monologue. I love this film so much. Uh, it's one of my favorites of all time. It's my fourth favorite of all time. And I think the screenplay is just one of the best ever written. Uh, I watched this movie. I watched it probably around like 10 plus years ago when it, like on after it came out. Um, I liked it then, but I didn't really like retain much from it. I rewatched it, I think, this past year. It's a really strong movie, really strong uh, uh, script. I think I think all the characters work really well together. I think um, it's kind of surprising this movie doesn't get talked about as much. I know it's very popular in your circle, but not, like, outside of it. Um, uh, but I will say, uh, yeah, I'll take the diner scene and heat over a little bit of train. But, um, uh, thanks, Smith. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad choice. Uh, we'll just have to see at the end of the night where it all ranks up against each other. But, um, yeah, everybody else on Little Miss Sunshine. Before Andrew says heat is overrated, blah, 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 <laughs> I have not seen this movie. I was just going to go there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Wow, look, tire marks from a bus. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a very Bowman pick. I think this is a great pick. Uh, I saw for the first time ever this year. And, um, yeah, it's a great pick. That that scene where Paul Dano's character learns that he's colorblind and, and immediately realizes that he can't, what was it, join the Air Force? Yeah. Um, a fan, What a fantastically written scene. Uh, it, this is a really good pick. This, this is a movie I've been wanting to rewatch because the two Caleb's never shut up about it. And I'm like, I think I'd probably like this a lot more on a rewatch. And I haven't gone around to it. But, like, this is a good pick. You have definitely rubbed Koho the wrong way. The motherfucker wants to just rip your head off that stage. It's great. Um, okay. Uh, 
we're going to spend for your three. Yeah, my number three is Best Picture, and I'm picking Moonlight. Uh, as I, I will say, originally for this list, uh, before I saw that it was narrowed down to categories, I didn't put Best Picture. Because I think all of these films, like everything that we're basically saying is like, what has the best of everything? Uh, but to me, Moonlight is like the perfect medium. Uh, it's not my favorite Best Picture winner, but it's the one I think I think it masters the most at once. I, I couldn't pick Amadeus because I already did before. Which movie I just I just have a lot of just deep deep love for balancing like a really tight script, an ensemble cast, incredible direction, its score by Nicholas Patel, who is a god. And everything about this movie just works so amazingly in tandem. Well, also, it's it's more than just the sum of its parts. Everything comes together. It just tells this really beautiful, engaging story that I fall in love with more and more each time I watch it. To me, this is what a best picture is. It's not just, oh, hey, hey that's the best movie of the year. This mastered the craft of movies and one of the best years of the last decade for movies and did everything perfect to a T. Um, I really like Moonlight. Um, I don't go back to it as often as I would like on some of them. Um, but I don't know if it, it's, it's definitely not my pick for best picture right now. Uh, my all time favorite, I can understand it. Uh, the best part about this it winning was it fucking stole it from La La Land, which is great. Um, not stole it, but like for fucking, uh, T, uh, I can't think of the actor and actress that fucking fucked it up, but those two are my favorite people in the history of the universe. I actually like just give the, send the postcard to them every every year because of it because it was so fun to watch that on the Oscars. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think this movie I think this movie will stand the test of time over the years and get better on more watches. But uh, yeah, it's not my pick, but I can't disagree with you. That's a really great choice. Everybody else on uh, Moonlight was it close? Uh. This is a movie that I've seen once, and I liked it enough the first time I saw it. I didn't love it. That said, there are a number of best picture winners or Oscar-winning movies that I like more on rewatch, so maybe it just needs a rewatch for me. Uh, I've always said that uh, La La Land held this uh, the best picture Oscar for two minutes, which is the length of its opening dance sequence, which was the best part of that movie. That was the best thing you've said all night. I think Joseph's going to win just for his attitude. I agree more with you. That is the best part of that fucking film. Fuck you, but you're wrong. Oh, it's the best part. Um, So, I really like this movie, but I, I wasn't even considering it out of all of the uh, movies to win Best Picture, so. I do like this movie. I do. Uh, I gave it a second shot on rewatch recently, and I do think it's really good. I just don't, like, love it like a lot of people do. I think it's good. Okay. Um, we are next to Bar for your two. All right, Joe. Um, so, Coho, get it ready. Warm the Warm the video up. Um, my number two is best original screenplay for The Apartment. 90% of the time, I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. This is a great pick. This is a great fucking pick. This is a great pick. This isn't even pandering. This, this isn't even pandering. That's just correct. Yeah. Uh, 
this the, the the screenplay for this is absolutely incredible. It takes you in so many different directions. There's so many different emotions it takes you through. Uh, it's just tight. It's memorable. You really, really fall in love with these characters, just the way that they're written. Um, and just like that broken mirror is one of the greatest metaphors in movie history. It's such a perfect piece to insert into that script. Like, everything about this movie is fantastic, but it really wouldn't be as good if it wasn't for this screenplay. And Cody's not here. The one time I tried to shorten my, uh... Yeah, what the fuck's going on? You never shut the hell up, so what the hell now? <laughs> um, no, I agree. I rewatched this. Um, I always, I always said... It's not my favorite Wilder because X, Y, Z, but no, it's climbing the list every time. And I think it's because of the script. I think the performance is great. The best performance in this entire movie is Shirley MacLaine. And it's, it's, oh, yeah. I, I think Lemon's great. I think uh, McMurray. McMurray is great. <clears throat> but she, the ranges of emotion that she travels through in this entire film is insane. I love that it has the brief moments of Wilder, like the comedy moments that are still throughout it, that have the situational comedy. But the heart that this movie carries about it, like the ending, it's got one of my favorite like lines in film history is, I've decided to be a mensch. You know what that means? A good person. Because it's just it's such a good... What? Take a shot. Joseph corrected somebody. Sorry, I don't have a, I don't, I'm not, I don't have a mainframe up there that fucking gives me the correct quote. Um, but don't miss. I also correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it makes me look the way I feel is one of my favorite lines ever. Um, I just overall, I, I love when the like, um, I love like the the like the the. The guys that rent out his apartment and like how they get angry throughout the entire well, buddy boy ain't helping us anymore, so you know, like might as well. And they send him. I just think, and I love the ending. Like I love the ending to this film. Uh, when people say it's an overrated like romantic comedy, I just hate that expression. I think it's the romantic comedy. I think it's one of the best. So yeah, when Harry met Sally, he's pretty good up there too. So um, uh, everybody else on this one. Here's the thing. I think that this is almost transcends the genre of the romantic comedy, or it doesn't even feel like a romantic comedy in some aspects. I mean, it's it's a fantastic film. I was back and forth when I sent my list into Cody. This was the original screenplay was the category that I was continuously changing between Little Miss Sunshine and the apartment, and I can't begrudge picking the apartment. Uh, I, I just want to shout out, and Doc is Redshaw is the one who like pointed this out to me. I love Billy Wilder and I.L. Diamond accepting the Oscar for this because uh, it's a very short speech. It's just Billy Wilder goes up, thank you, I.L. Diamond. I.L. Diamond goes up, thank you, Billy Wilder, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> a great little moment, uh, and I, I think yeah, fantastic, fantastic film. I, this is on my short list for best picture, actually. I cannot regret the pick. I think, again, like I said the same thing for The Lion King. I think it balances these tones incredibly, and that's 
due in large part to the screenplay of this really great broad comedy that I think works really well in the beginning. And then just the dourness of McLean's character of just everything she's going through. And it never misses a beat. You'd be like, oh my God, that's a big change. But it works. And it works so fucking well. Nazario needs to, needs to watch this movie again because he is absolutely insane for his criticism. He cleans the apartment every <laughs> time. He cleans it. He doesn't go to the laundromat. You don't see him fucking scrub the sheets. But he cleans his apartment. The man's not sleeping on that. Joseph. Yeah, this is a great <laughs> this is a great pick. I love the uh, satirical commentary that it has on how some people like try to do what they want to do in the workplace in order to get a better position. But at the same time, Fred McMurray's character is so clueless as to how Jack Lemmon's character, Buddy Boy Baxter, could uh, want to feel like uh feelings and have a heart for what Shirley McLean's character Fran is going through. Like it's kinda kinda sad to see that kind of contrast, but it's also a very, very poignant uh contrast. That middle scene where that thing happens that makes it not a comedy anymore is a god punch. It's a great pick. And then the ending is like you said, great uh antidote for that. All right, Cody, now shut up and deal. <laughs> Joseph, number two. Okay. Uh, people are going to say I'm pandering for this one, but I really, really do love this movie. It's the best picture, The Silence of the Lambs. Okay, well, this is competitive. Yeah. This is really competitive. Joseph, good one. Good job. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for. No, this is my favorite movie to win Best Picture that I've seen so far. And I have less than 15 left, and I don't see any of them topping this movie. I just love all the interactions between Clarice and Dr. Lecter. His entrance scene where he's just sitting there all gentlemanly, gentlemanly, like unsettles me. It makes me squirm seeing that stark contrast with all the other insane criminals in those cells. Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins have amazing chemistry. And I love seeing Clarice trying to succeed as an FBI agent and try to graduate from school and in an environment that is like dominated by men. And Hopkins makes every single second count in the second shortest best lead actor performance ever. The whole sequence with the two prison guards and the ambulance at the end is so, so tense and well done. Kirk has this thing with how clean it supposedly looks, and I get that that's a difference in tastes, but, and Kirk, you're a great guy, but I'm sorry, I really love the way that this movie looks. I like how direct the camera is in putting the viewers in characters' shoes when they have a different converse, when they have different conversations. It puts you in the scene in the moment. It puts you in Clarice's shoes when he's when she's being stared at by all the men and how she feels in that environment. I don't mind this artistic choice. This movie knows what and how much to show in regards to its disturbing material with Buffalo Bill and the serial killer images and pictures. It shows you just enough to like scare you and horrify you, and it lets you fill in the rest of the situations with your own mind. We can already imagine enough when we hear Dr. Lecter makes, like for example, multiple ni- multiple makes swallow his own, his own tongue, or when Dr. Chilton shows a picture to Clarice of a nurse who got attacked by Dr. Lecter where his heart rate never went over 85 beats per minute. Kirk and Andrew also have this movie role, and they like that show, don't tell. 
But this movie doesn't need to do that. When it implies the most horrific stuff of the movie, because if you've seen what Hannibal did with the 85 beats per minute scene, eh, let's just say that leaves them uh, to be desired. I think its creepiness factors are great. And yeah, I love this movie. Cody, I hope I did this movie justice for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess technically it'd be my second favorite Best Picture winner um, because my other one is The Departed. But um, yeah, I've said it before. Well, if I had to pick one of the one of the slots, I would probably put it in actor. I think Anthony Hopkins as as uh, Hannibal Lecter is the greatest acting performance that has ever come around. I think it's. I almost did. I almost did. I think he is. I think it's the best character introduction in any film. Ever, no questions asked. When he emerges from the shadow and starts talking in that slow voice, and it's crazy watching the father. You can say what you want. Anthony Hopkins just proves he is one of the most badass actors that has ever graced the film scene ever. I think I've yet to see it, but I do want to. I think he is absolutely one of the best actors that has ever, like performance-wise. Um, but Hopkins gives this performance that. Um, well, the picture itself, the movie. Um, let me talk about that. I talked about it on Top 100, so I won't go into long depths, but I just love just the intricate between even the Buffalo Bill stuff that's side off of it and then how Lecter basically plots his entire escape plan of everything to get through. And I think Jodie Foster kills this in this performance. Um, I think I think how, how tight this movie is and how it's true crime, basically. This movie just has everything that I just love in a film and great choice as best picture. Uh, everybody else, Sounds of the Lambs, what's up? Yeah. I've only seen this movie once, actually, so I should probably revisit it. it. It does rank high on my best picture ranking, but I fully admit, like, I have not seen this in a while, and I've seen it once. And it's probably a movie that deserves multiple viewings. I agree with Bowmanship with the fact that I don't have it that high on my list. I will give a lot of credit to the screenplay. I think it's really smart, but the overall film itself, I don't have the highest opinion on. I need to come back to it, but like right now, I'm like, eh. I think this is a great movie. I, I was considering it. Um, you know, I, it just I, it just got eked out by one other film. Sure. Um, okay, Boatman 2. My 2 is a nice from earlier. Francis McDormand in Fargo. Oh. Me at four. Yeah. Uh, I think this is just one of the greatest performances of all time. I think that Francis McDormand in this is incredible. She finds the the humor and the heart in this character of Marge Gunderson. I think the way that one of the greatest just scenes in movie history is all over a little bit of money. There's more to life than a little bit of money, you know. Just one of the all-time greatest speeches. But you also just have her humorous introduction. I think I'm going to barf. Like, there's just so much in the movie. I just love her and Norm together. Uh, there, There's just so much to love about this performance. She completely transforms into this character. Like, if you look at, like, something, you know, either before, like, Blood Simple or after, like, Raising Arizona, or not after, but before, like, Blood Simple or Raising Arizona, or after, like, Three Billboards or Nomadland. She's never played a character that has felt like no Marge Gunderson. 
right? It feels completely different from anything else she's done, and that just shows her range as an actress. I think this is easily her best performance of all time. Just one of the greatest performances of all time. It is my favorite lead acting performance, period. Heck, Norm, you know, we're doing pretty good. Um, that... Just that delivery at the end alone was just like it cemented it for me. Um, Bowman hit the nail on the head with uh, my favorite scene of the movie, her talking to Gare in the back of the patrol car. And it's a beautiful day. Um, the just the scene where she's talking to Jerry and she looks him dead in the eyes. And she's just like, Sir, you have no reason to get snippy with me. It's just such a cold delivery but it's so perfect it's one of those things where you watch it and you're like that's not even an actress that's just the character that's just them that's just march gunderson there's such a warmth and an honesty to it but it's also a care uh, performance where you're like god darn it like she is so good at her job like she it's a brilliant brilliant performance one of the greatest of all time I think Bo, I think Coho just what, seems like he's been transformed into a gas station. <laughs> or he's like, you guys are awful at this accent. Um, oh, yeah, for sure, you betcha. Um, um, this is my next category that I'm going to go through. Um, but absolutely, I can't disagree with you guys on this one. I think she's absolutely incredible in this film. I'm glad you brought it up, Barb, but I love the scene with um, William H. Macy in the uh, in the just talking about the, the stolen cars. Well, I can do a check. Would you? Like, just basically if I put a, if I put, like, just basically, like, I'm not going to leave until you do it, so that'd be great if you'd start doing it. Um, well, that'd be great. Thanks. Um, in the snippy line, um, I also love, if I had to like rank couples in a film, this this couple would be like one of the top. Oh yeah, in the film, like oh I'll make you breakfast. No, it's fine. No, you need breakfast before you go. Like get something <laughs> makes your breakfast before. Ah, no, um, it's such a short movie. Like this movie feels like it could be like there's so many parts of this movie that I absolutely love, and it keeps climbing on my list just because the little things. Like I love the. Jerry, we're not a bank. Um, I, I quote that more times than I can count at this point. But her performance, just I, I, th I think that's the truth. I think she's now like with all these recent wins and stuff, submitted herself as one of the best actresses. But I think it all started here. And I don't think I don't ever look at this performance as it's Francis McDormand playing Marge Gunderson. It's Marge. I think she transforms into the character, and it's insane. So great choice. I can't. I can't disagree with you guys. Uh, Spence and Joseph, um, uh, your takes on Francis McDormand and Fargo. I'm weird. Uh, <laughs> You're also wrong, apparently. I don't really remember much from this movie. Like, I literally, I watched it for, I think it was for you or for a full metal mattress. And just, I watched, and I don't remember, like, the scene I remember the most is, is, is the wood chipper and the scene you're talking about, Bar. Like, the first time meeting him, I think that's a great scene. But it's just, like, not in my head. And the more you guys talk about it, I'm like, wait, did I even watch this? And I, I know I did, but, like, I don't remember anything. So did I don't you? Have an opinion. Who'd you put for actress? Uh, 
Elizabeth Taylor for Who's Ready right Virginia Wolf. Okay, Joseph, who did you have? I had Charlize Theron for Monster. Okay. All right, great. Still great choices all around. Joseph, your takes on Fargo. Yeah, this is a movie that I actually thought was an all right movie the first time, and then I rewatched it, and there was a lot of details and like small things. What's that thing that Kirk likes to say about Goodfellas? It's in the little things I really make this movie great, and that's how I feel a lot about this movie, even though he doesn't think it's that great, I don't think, or has he gone up on it? I think he doesn't like it as much, but... Well, but anyway, but yeah, this movie is a movie that really has a great effect on rewatch. It's a great pick. Uh, I always felt, though, that she's been overshadowed by William H. Macy in the movie, but even though she's still really great, that would have been my acting choice if that uh, if that performance won an Oscar that year. But but regardless, it's still a great pick. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Spence, you're too. Uh, my two, which I think is going to get yikes from how this happened, uh, is in best adapted screenplay, The Social Network. Yikes. Yeah. Shocker. Okay, your number one bar. Uh, it was a yikes from earlier. It's best picture for Amadeus. Um, so I picked this for best picture mainly because every single aspect of it is just incredible. Uh, I almost I would have picked uh, F. Mary Abraham for best actor or Tom Holtz if Tom Holtz had won. Um, I almost picked more uh, uh, Milos Forman for director. The score is amazing. The way it looks is amazing. the the story the screenplay is amazing, which I probably would have picked that for screenplay as well. Um, and just it's. It is two and a half hours, and it flies by. The, the spectacle of this movie is so perfectly balanced with the story of this movie. Um, just all of the opera scenes are amazing to watch. The, um, the, the, the ending, and especially the Requiem scene, where Mozart is on his deathbed, and he is just basically instructing Salieri on the notes, and everything is just clicking in Salieri's mind, and just how brilliant it is as he's writing it down. The whole, all of the twists and turns, and the character development, it is a marvel of a movie to watch, and it's my pick because all of the elements are A+. Uh, whoever had Amadeus's best picture? Both. Uh, I had it at six. Talk. Uh, yeah, I think this is my favorite best picture winner. I think that, yeah, I'm basically going to echo everything Barr said. Like, the, all the elements of this movie are incredible from the set design to the direction to the obviously the music. Even if you don't like classical music, I think they make you like classical music with the use of it in the film, uh, to, to the screenplay, uh, too many notes, to the performances all around, but particularly two of the great leading performances in both Tom Hulse and F. Murray Abraham. Put them in two separate years and they probably both won. Both yeah. win. That's, that's the tragedy of it, is if they weren't from the same movie or you put one in supporting and you put one in lead, but they're both the lead of the movie. 
You can't say it otherwise. It's they're the Khalids. The film is incredible. I don't even know what more you could say. It's like one of Shakespeare's uh, composition or one of Mozart's. I'm tired, guys. One of Mozart's. <laughs> Uh, accomplish. 90% of the time, I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> have you ever seen Mozart and Shakespeare in the same room? No, you haven't. <laughs> Go to Cody. Go to Cody. <laughs> uh, so my review last time I watched this is there's best pictures that come out, and you're like, yeah, that deserves best picture for that year. And then there's best pictures that come out that could win against most any year. And Amadeus is one of those films. I think Amadeus is growing. Uh, it's my biggest mistake for not having it in my top 100. I wish I would have rewatched it before I submitted my top 100. It keeps climbing. I think this movie is absolutely incredible. Um, just how, like, yeah, it's just how how villainous Salieri is, like, throughout this film, like, in just those different moments. And uh, he basically, Mozart basically feels like, well, he likes me, right? We're friends, He's right? Friend. Just doesn't give two shits about him whatsoever, basically. Um, it's just, it's just this. I pick up more and more for this thing. I read Mal, um, Michael Campbell's review of it, and when Salieri does the opera at the end, and normally where you look at the um, emperor, what are the king? What emperor. Are the, Emperor, yeah, it's Emperor. Look down at him. He doesn't look at him. He looks right up at uh, Mozart to get his approval because his approval is what he's seeking and not what uh, he doesn't care about the Emperor at that point. It's just one of those cool little moments that you pick up. Uh, yeah, Amadeus, I can't wait to rewatch it again. I think it's it's a long movie, but it flies by. It's perfect. Everybody else, how close was Amadeus being to being your best picture winner? Uh, it wasn't uh, as close as some other categories, but I, again, like I said, it's a great pick that it's gone up for me on rewatch. Uh, just a personal thing for me, uh, when I was in elementary school, my parents took me to a couple of operas, and we went to a workshop for The Magic Flute, uh, the scene in which the Queen of the Night scene appears uh, later at the end of the movie, and they played the scene where the Queen of the Night plays and then... Uh, and then they show the scene where uh, the the bird guy Papageno is his name. He plays uh, the, the the bells, and then the Mozart's health is deteriorating. They showed us that scene in the workshop, and then when they show, and then when that later I saw the movie in its entirety, I was like, oh, that's the scene I remember seeing from that. But yeah, the magic the magic flute scene with the Queen of the Night scene is probably my favorite scene in the movie, where he's you can see his like weariness and deterioration and it's so sad but it's so beautiful to watch at the same time it's a it's a great pick not my uh not in my favorite not in, not quite in my top favorites but <laughs> but but yeah i respect it more now with rewatching. i mean it, i it yeah, yeah i picked it for best director but it's for a lot of the reasons of it being a bet like deserving best picture winner this would have been like my three or four for a pick of that it's just to me i wanted to highlight it more for its direction but this is an amazing pick i have no qualms with it and he is not great in hunchback he's actually shit. okay um uh we're gonna go to just uh joseph for your yep. one yes yep okay uh this is where the pandering stops 
but it's still a pretty safe pick. Uh, you could mm -hmm. theoretically go with any of these th this actor's three lead actor performances and argue for a number one for his for any of them as the top one. Uh, the one I the one I picked was Samuel Day Lewis's performance in There Will Be Blood. So I had heard for years that this actor carries this entire movie to iconic to an iconic status, and I was kind of nervous because it's more than two and a half hours long. But when I finally watched it, I was like, oh yeah, I believe them. He is mesmerizing in this movie. He could, like I said, be number one for any of his three performances and I could see people's arguments for them. I'm just so taken away by Day Lewis's vocal control, his body movements and his facial expressions throughout this movie that make the movie go by really well. He is so calculating with his posing as a family oil man when he brings around his son, H.W., trying to convince various families of leasing their land to him for the oil. He has a fantastic and very disturbing back and forth relation with Eli Sunday. His character, Daniel Plainview, can be so condescending to different characters and his tone range with all those different scenes is so, so great to watch. How manipulative he can be with how he shows trying to get when he's trying to get so much wealth from the oil, and then when he also switches the tables on his son and tells him that he's an adopted son and that he's been using him this whole time, it's very, very tragic, but it's also an incredible show of, of acting from Daniel Day-Lewis that I think it's a really well, great, deserving pick for number one. That final scene where he's just trying to bully and use all of these crazy overacting movements towards Paul Dano's character Eli Sunday is like at the same time over the top but so convincingly terrifying at the same time that just uh, gets me like so so terrified of him by the end of the movie it's an amazing um, Oscar win it's an amazing performance and it's an amazing culmination of his acting in the movie so I watched this film as well. Um, it's a fun fact, guys. Dan, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson didn't direct this film. <laughs> I, I found that out today. He did not direct this film. It's kind of great, and that's the reason I love this film. Um, didn't direct it, and it's a shame that he did not direct it, because um, maybe I'd like one of his films. But Daniel Day-Lewis is fucking incredible in this film. Is fucking incredible in this film. It's one that I needed to go back and rewatch just to make sure I solidified where he fell in my ranking. He's top three for me. I think he's insane in this film. This movie gets a lot of hype. A lot of people don't like this movie. Like some people don't like this movie, and it's kind of weird because I don't like some of the I don't like some of the other PTAs and like but I understand. Bowman kind of explained this one best for me. This, I like gritty PTA. I don't like drama like uh, um, PTA. So, um, and I just think his performance is incredible. Now, his three that he's won, Lincoln, I understand why he wins for Lincoln because he's playing Lincoln. My left foot, he's giving, I still... I that's insane. His performance in that movie is insane. 
Like, I think it's that one is the movie I don't like as much, but his performance is like almost hard to watch at times of how great he's like doing the performance. So, great job, Joseph. Thank you for putting it in this list. I did need to watch it for my best actor just to solidify it, and uh, you definitely helped with it. So, uh, everybody else on there will be blood. Oh, yeah, this is like top three, top four for me in terms of best actor winners. Day Lewis is incredible. This is like one of the first like performances that just blew my mind. I think he's incredible. Everyone talked about the milkshake scene, but just like I've abandoned my child, I've abandoned my boy. Like I feel like this movie has been parodied so much. Like it hasn't taken away from the movie, but I feel like it almost makes us forget how good Day Lewis is. And then you go back and you watch the movie. He's just incredible in this. He absolutely deserved the Oscar that year. And 2007 was a great year for movies. He's incredible. Uh, I still haven't seen this movie. That's not true, is it? Yeah, no, it's true. I, I still have not seen this movie. What the fuck? How did I lose to you? <laughs> I asked my class. Because I'm better. Oh, motherfucker. Don't miss. <laughs> oh, my guess is about to get fucking violent. Get Loud noises! You ain't getting Uncle Fluffy now. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't That was a reference for two people. <laughs> Everybody else. Is you I, haven't seen it to spend The one we've been waiting for. This this movie sucks. <laughs> I, I think most of the time I've been on this show, it's come oh, like a trash can. And I despise <laughs> it. I despise most things PTA has done. Dave Lewis is great. Like I'll 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 respect that, but I'm not gonna praise the movie. Okay. Um Bowman, what's your one? So oh, curious. shocker! It's the flipping social network. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think this is the second greatest best adapted. I think this is the second greatest adapted screenplay of all time, in my opinion. I ranked like my top ten of like every category. So uh, the number one is Twelve Angry Men, but that didn't win. Sure, uh, um, but this is just one of the most well-written films. I If you don't like Sorkin dialogue, you're, you're not going to like love this, but I love the rhythm of Sorkin dialogue. And just from that opening bar breakup, there is so much information that is put in there, but it's put in there so naturally, right? It, we get so many things build up, like Eduardo and the pressure of final clubs and so many things that come into play later but it feels like a natural conversation right and there are so many great little moments of dialogue like i just love the interaction between amy and sean parker and that introduction right and there are so many just great sorkin punchbacks you know uh anyone every anyone who's ever made a chair doesn't own money to the guy who first invented the chair you know or obviously uh Sorry, my Prada's at the cleaners, along with my hoodie and my fuck you flip flop, you pretentious douchebag. There's so many great lines in this movie. Just one of the most well-written things. It's not pandering, Michael. This is my number three movie of all time. The rest textbook pandering. 
Coach is in a war yep. path today. The, the, the reason I picked it as my two is like while the screenplay, yes, is great. I think it, at its core is the reason I love adapted screenplay as a category because you don't need to be fully faithful to your source material. And I think that's what I love about this is it's transformative. It's not just, hey, here here is the Mark Zuckerberg story. Here is it through the lens of Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher trying to capitalize what their perspective of, of Zuckerberg is, where it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It is it is it is demonic and it looks down on him, and it comes out in Eisenberg's Eisenberg Eisenberg Eisenberg's performance. Yes, but at the end of the day, I love how it was adapted. How you took this straightforward little uh, not fluff piece, but just like, like just like just a biography, just a regular old book, and you transformed it into one of the most interesting and engaging screenplays of all time this is masterclass yeah i didn't like this movie when it first came out because a lot of people said oh zuckerberg talks to you talks to people like you talk to people and i thought that was very weird like not sporadic but just how dickish he is at moments and yeah that's a that's a that's something i've carried but uh, yeah, I think overall this movie was on my top 100. I think this movie is so smart. Um, I hate what it did to Zuckerberg uh, or to uh, Eisenberg. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg um, basically made him this character in everything he tries to do from now on. Like he's just um, one note, but I think it's absolutely incredible. Again, I've always said the person that stands out in this movie is. Uh, Andrew Garfield. I think he's absolutely the standout and most incredible in this film. But the script is the reason for that. I think I think that's actually a fact. Um, but yeah, um, great choice. Um, what did everybody else have for adapted screenplay? I had one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I had Casablanca. Mm, really good choices. Um, probably the social network would win for me. Um, okay, uh, everybody else on social network. This is my second favorite uh, David Fincher movie. I think it's a very, very great movie to for for Aaron Sorkin to win his Oscar, to win his Oscar for adapted screenplay. Uh, this I, I do kind of agree with uh, what Cody was saying about how it kind of made, uh, or at least it made Jesse Eisenberg kind of stick with that kind of role because this role is just written for him and he does it so well. In this movie just that how mean he's he's in the movie but also how snappy he is it's a really really great movie what's your number one fincher zodiac oh, i'm the exact same with joseph on that actually um yeah but this is this is a this is a fantastic script um it was all my considerations i just think casablanca is a slightly better script okay and I guess we're going to close it out with Spence's number one. This is my favorite movie to ever win an Oscar. Uh, so I just picked for myself. I just found what I could put it one. Um, number one if for original screenplay is Her. It's it, 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 this, is, this is where basically my, my transformative arguments stop. This, this isn't a movie that changed cinema forever where every word here is, is, is a changing history. It's just a movie I love deeply. It resonates with me, it resonates with my core. I've it's maybe the movie I've seen the most. This and a couple other like very close, but it's just it, uh, Spike Jones and if anyone else computer computer, I wish I remember their names. But just it it weaves just such a deep emotional and cathartic almost kind of story, telling like this 
telling just a weird love story and not necessarily about its weirdness, but just how someone can find love and how it drives them through life and how it transforms them as people and how you see like just the creation of Samantha has changed everyone's perception of the world. And I think this movie is just rich with beauty and it all comes from this screenplay. I think Arcade, Fi- Arcade Fire's score is great. I think Jones is amazing. I think Phoenix is amazing. But at its core, this screenplay created one of my favorite films of all time. One of the best, I think, ever created, period. Uh, yeah, I think her is incredible. I think her works because of the screenplay. I really do. I think Scarlett Johansson is given an outstanding performance that you don't see. Um, I think... Uh, and. I think uh, Joaquin Phoenix has given an insane performance, basically just working by himself. Um, I think this movie is super smart. Um, I need to watch it more. I haven't seen. I've only seen it, uh, I think, once, uh, maybe twice. But um, I always turn away from this a little bit because the concept was a little out there for me. But how smart it's delivered, it works. Everybody else on her as screenplay winner. Spence, you said that you've seen this the most times of any movie. This he doesn't, doesn't rewatch it. This is got Pokemon like six or seven. Like this is up there. Wow. Okay. Uh, I have not seen it. I've been, <laughs> I haven't seen it. I've been meaning to, uh, but I've also been told that Jexy is pretty good. Stop talking to Brian. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I don't know how <laughs> Um, I don't trust Brian. Facial expressions that just dr- stop talking to Brian. <laughs> like <laughs> one of my favorite moments in wireless Um, this is a really great screenplay. Um, it's very very good. I think that this is a very good pick. Um, probably not in my top five for this, but it's really great. 90% of the time, I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Hell yeah. <laughs> you can tell that, like, Spike Jones took the best from his time working with Charlie Kaufman. Like, this feels very much like the type of movie Kaufman would make, particularly uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. But it also feels so unique. It just, it, it feels like such a beautiful love story, but also just so heart-wrenching. And so much of that does come down to the way Samantha's written, because if Samantha isn't written human-like, we don't connect with that character. So yeah, fantastic thing. Okay, so we've made it. Our first show on Twitch, we're in the books. We've kept a good amount of people watching the entire time, so I appreciate that. All right. Um, so I'm going to give out winners. Um, first uh, winner for tonight um, with a B-plus is Joseph Olivas. Wins. Uh Daniel Day-Lewis was the, probably the most shocking one for me, again, with a rewatch. He had Lion King at three. You also had Silence of the Lambs. Uh, you had the correct No Country for Old Men picked. Monster, I could I could agree with you. Director was a little bit up there uh, in choices, but overall, great choice. Uh, second win goes to Spence. Spence, yes! Spence yeah. takes it on this one. Uh, social Network and uh, with Raging Bull, I have to I have to fully agree with that one. Uh, Amadeus is a great directing choice. Uh, who, f- what? What are we confused about? 
What? I'm so confused. I think what everybody... the actual fuck is the show back, Cody? <laughs> Are you talking to Kurt Kolkowski? Um, third wow, third. that's the biggest insult of the night. Uh, third place. Loud noises! Third place um, is Bar. Yeah! Uh, the apartment Amadeus Casablanca Fargo. I, I I think great choices all around. You had the graduate, which really helped your cases on that one. And then last, <laughs> almost did this for the fucking memes at this point. Boatman is last place. Explain no. Explain yourself. <laughs> I think Little Miss Sunshine up at the top. You didn't even know where the fucking things were ranked. I think that has. <laughs> I think Brando. I think Brando. I think Brando is in the wrong category. Um, you put. But, uh, uh, I don't have a choice. What category the Oscars? You put did director. Brando? That's uh, not me. Anthony Hopkins has less screen time than Marlon Brando, but you still did. Joseph Bingham? No. Take the L. Loud noises. Among us. Among Us is going to be fucking nuts. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Anthony Hopkins is in 20 minutes of the movie. He didn't pick Anthony Hopkins! Got off! Who <laughs> care? Um, Did I choose my pick to Anthony that Hopkins? That would be your pick for best actor, you said. Fucking right. Um, uh, <laughs> combined list. Can we do the combined list? Jesus Christ. So overall, the best picture is Amadeus. The best original screenplay oh, is The Department. That's the screenplay of the social network. Best actor, there will be blood. Uh, Best actress, Fargo. Best supporting actor, The Dark Knight. Best score, The Lion King. Best director, The Graduate. Best supporting actress, Kate Blanchett and The Aviator. And best original song, Bush Cash and Sundance Kid. It's almost like I had the best pick in like all those kids on 80% of those categories. But cool. You said some so bullshit. Did I. You said oh, some man. bullshit during this episode. You were a salty little motherfucker and you got your placement. Your last place, you finished below Spence. Co-host pissed. This is a great shit. Great fun. I'm glad we all were here. Right now, I have nobody for villains. So here's the option. This is what we're going to do. I'm glad. If you're here, <laughs> shut up, you stupid hoe. Um... Movie villains. If I don't get enough lists by Friday, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to do best films of 2004. I'm going to move 2004 up. So if you don't like movie villains and you don't have a list for that, that's fine. Send me a 2004 list. Whichever one I get the most things for, that will be the case. Everybody takes crime comedy. Send those to Boatman. Movies that have been remade that were outside of America that had three <laughs> versions of it and stars a male and a woman and an old lady that scratches her ass. Send them to them. <laughs> Top animated films, send the boatmen. Um, again, you all act like the fucking grades of the show fucking matter. Shut the fuck up. Have a good night. I don't know what the intro song is. Uh, oh, is this the same outro? Let's go. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Going to intimidate me. I'm entitled to my opinion. Now, what will it be? Death or exile? You're hopeless. You're a hopeless mental case. You better lawyer up, asshole. Because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. Normally, I would say I'll be the same. But since what a 
Wiedersehen actually means is till I see you again. And since I never wish to see you again, to you, sir, I say goodbye.